Hello, and welcome back to Real Horror Show. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm joined, as always, by the Stormy Skies. Hello. Um, so this is it. This is the end of Real Horror Show. Forever. <laughs> yep. We're closing this chapter, and we're concluding it with the conclusion of Midnight Sun. So, thank fucking god <laughs> that we are finally done with this yeah i i went into this like kind of excited because you know this was the book we've all been waiting for and then like 300 pages in i was like oh my god it's really gonna be word for word retelling isn't it <laughs> yeah you know what i felt the same way. I was so excited to begin this. I was like really giddy with excitement and it made me want to watch the movies all over again. It really just put me there and it gave me a lot of nostalgia. But now I feel like we've become that meme that I keep seeing, which says like how it started and how it is now or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly how you mean. This was, this was a chore. Um, before we started this, I was in a bit of a reading rut. Um, and this did not help pull me out of the reading rut. <laughs> in fact, it's, it solidified the reading rut. I will not be hitting my reading challenge goal on Goodreads this year. <laughs> but we did it. We didn't give up. I mean, I kind of did since I swapped over to the audiobook. But we didn't give up. <laughs> it still counts. Absolutely. Yeah, we didn't give up. And we finally completed the mission. It's it's done and it's behind yeah. us. But it did take a lot of time mm -hmm. out of our own personal reading schedules and other things too yeah you mentioned a meme there is a meme that i saw floating around when we started this like this can't be the same brain i used to read 700 page novels in middle school and exactly because yes. i remember in middle school just flying through the twilight series and this was just yeah brain cannot compute stephanie meyer's overwriting <laughs> Right. And it may be because we are older and we really are reading things with a more critical mm -hmm. eye. And we just kind of exhausted ourselves and like used more energy than necessary to kind of like consume this novel. <laughs> Stormy's already said we can't read any more books for the podcast, which is dumb. No haunted vagina. I am <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's going to be like a 30 page read at most. Oh, well, if it's that brief, then it can <laughs> encompass a mini-sode. <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll be a mini-sode. But um, this this will probably be a shorter episode. We were, we've were we been running over like an hour long with these Midnight Sun episodes. But oh, I, don't, I, I don't have any tabbies to go through because I didn't even pick up the physical copy for this last chunk. Uh, yeah, um, that's true. And I will once again emphasize... I preferred the audiobook because the one thing that annoyed me the most was Edward having conversations with people's thoughts. <laughs> but yeah. you, you can't tell the difference in the novel, in the, in the audiobook, so... That's good. It's far less annoying. But you know what is annoying? Yeah. Everything else about Edward. And yeah. the big moment in this chunk, the most memorable moment I want to talk about, is the goddamn car chase scene. <laughs> 
Yes, let's talk about that. <laughs> because what the fuck? <laughs> God. I can't even remember the car they happened to find in the airport parking garage. Yeah. But it's not a normal car that would just happen to be sitting in the oh. airport parking garage. Sam, I googled what kind of car because I was so curious. Because every time they mention a car, it's like a super souped up sports car. Uh-huh. And so when I googled the car, it was actually like a Subaru. I think it was a Subaru sports car. Subaru sports car. I forget what the heck it was called. But it's it's a Subaru, I think... S, I think it's this. It's STI. That sounds right. Yeah. They said STI and it was like purple and orange or some shit. So just like not the normal car you're going to spot in the parking garage in Phoenix, Arizona. I've never seen like this car before in my life. And here, I'm going to go ahead and show it to you. <laughs> like, oh, it's cool. But I, if I looked at it, I'd be like, yeah, it's just a car with a spoiler on the back. But apparently this is like the fastest fucking car around. So like, I am very, I'm so excited for the movie adaptation of this because this is, this is how you get, um, Robert Pattinson back in your movie. Right. You got to give him a cool car chase scene and the whole car chase scene. Mm-hmm. While in theory, it makes sense. Yeah. In execution, it's really dumb because you know that these vampires can run faster than the car can go, especially with traffic. But Edward's like, we can't run because it's too sunny and <laughs> they'll well, see too us. Shiny. But I thought he said that they run so fast they can't be seen like a blur. Yeah, so he, also, he also said that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's the fucking problem, Edward? How many people did they kill in that car chase scene? I feel like several cars crashed during that. It was like a... Tw- they said it was like an eight-car pileup, but they said nobody died. And I was like, that's probably not true. Somebody may have died. Yeah, and- um, because at, while Bella's in the hospital, uh, Carlisle keeps being taken away to go help with other patients. And I'm like, oh, it's from the eight-car pileup, probably. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I just, I just... Uh, posted the the uh, car that they switch to. Remember they do the oh, yeah, switch? Because not only do they steal one car, they steal two cars. Yeah, and they get into this minivan, and this minivan is special because it has, like, suicide doors if you look at a picture of it. And I'm like, what? What is a weird car. Suicide doors is, like, if you look at the picture, um, do you do the picture open, Sam? You gotta open I do. it. I, gotta I do. Okay. So if you look, if you scroll down to the picture, look at the car handle, see how they're right next to each other? Yeah. I mean, one car opens out, one car, the other one opens out, and they open, like... (laughs) It's so hard to explain, Sam. It opens the opposite side that a regular car door opens. Oh. You you know what I mean? It's like... Okay, let me try to explain it with dashes. So instead of, like, this... It's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like this. Um, but it's this like is- it's like this. Okay, okay. Like I get it. See, this is a good example of why this chapter is stupid because Stephanie explains these cars in such detail. I'm like, who is this for? Your target demographic back in 2007 doesn't give a shit about cars. They want the kissy scenes. 
Yeah, I really had to Google all this shit too. Even as an adult, I've never heard. I, I've never even seen or heard of a Toyota Sienna or have seen it on the road. Like, yeah. it, nobody has this car. Anyway. But yeah, so um, this last chunk is when Bella gets beaten up and tortured by James. And um, I'm honestly, why does Stephanie hate Bella so much? I, I, we're a horror movie podcast. I don't have a problem with violence or gore or anything, but this is the third fucking time. <laughs> right, right. Third counting um, life and death. I haven't read life and death, but I'm guessing it's similar because we've gotten it through Bella's perspective. We've now gotten it through Edward's perspective. Who knows? We'll probably get a perspective yes. from James and we'll get it through his perspective in the same amount of detail each time and it's like why do you hate your young female protagonist so much stephanie i know right i sent you a picture of suicide okay. doors open so you understand i'm sorry it was bothering me because i don't i didn't sorry know i i understand how it works now <laughs> okay good anyway um but speaking <laughs> of uh kissy scenes in twilight there was a question on the uh, Midnight Sun Goodreads page that no one had answered yet. And it was, um, this book is marketed towards teen, but there's a lot of kissy scenes. And so I decided to answer teens like kissy scenes. Yeah, they do like that. And, you know, it's very romantic. But sometimes Edward is just, like, too freaking weird. Um, and, like, ugh, I don't even want to get back into it because... Um, there are kissy scenes, but then Edward just, like, has, like, a fucking meltdown. And he's like, I'm gonna kill you, um, and I hate myself, and it's your fault, but it's, but I love you. So it's, it's, like, it just, you know, drains me <laughs> every time that happens. Uh, I'm trying to think of other, like, specific points that I... I brought up to you or wanted to talk about. So I'm sorry. While while you're thinking of your points, yeah. I went on Goodreads to see if I could find the question. Apparently, at some point recently, Stephanie mm -hmm. Myers announced that there's at least two more books in the series that she wants to write. Whoa! So you say this is the last book we'll ever read on the podcast, uh, well, but not a, not that. according to Stephanie. Nope. We can go ahead and dive into those. I'm sure that we'll be able to have like a little bit of a break before the next yeah. one, which is good. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense done. because it's been yeah. rumored for like 30 years that she, that they would make a movie or do another book that's focused on Renesme and Jacob, mm -hmm. which, um, okay. no, no, <laughs> or maybe, and I would love this Stephanie is if uh, Bella, since she's 17 is like, Oh shit. You're right. Edward. I did lose interest in you. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, and they have, like, a troubled relationship. <laughs> because she's 17. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she is. They it's have not to a, go to, like, yeah. Go it's not until she's in the out of her coma in the hospital that she says, uh, I don't know much about relationships, but I know we're supposed to be equal. I'm like, you're not fucking equal, Bella. He had a whole rant in the woods how you aren't equal. He yeah, broke dude. a tree. Yeah, that was like totally ridiculous. And he really was like, I'm sorry, scrawny human. <laughs> but 
but like scrawny humans are scrawny. I want to be a human, but like I could accidentally crush your bones if I touch you to it's just back and forth constantly with Edward. Yeah. So uh, very unbalanced. Very yeah. unbalanced. <laughs> so what were your points? Um <clears throat> well uh I'm trying to really think if I had anything like major to bring up because the last section of the book that we read was literally like torture uh, porn. J- it, it, yeah, it was just like driving, like running around, um, and then the, uh, yeah, the torture porn thing, how the guy like recorded the stuff, and then she went to the hospital, and then the prom happened. So it was, it was essentially like the last 25 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't think of anything that was like striking other than the the ridiculous car chase that I'm like, wow, so that's what happened. Also, actually, you know what? I do have something to bring up because. This is something that I I didn't like ever think about because we see it through Bella's perspective in the movie. It's like what they do in the hotel to make it seem like the friend had an accident and she fell out the fucking window yes. and, and they stole blood bags to like put blood everywhere. And I was like, yes. Jesus, this is too much, man. <laughs> did they go into detail what they did with the dance studio? Because at least in the movie that got super fucked up. Allegedly, well, in in the book, they say that it was burnt down. They burned it down. So they they play it off as somebody, like, who was a criminal, had parked a stolen vehicle outside the dance studio and then burnt the dance studio down for some reason. But they didn't, like, give any motive. They just kind of, like, said it and it was there. Yeah. And it was, like, agreed upon. And that was it. (laughs) Okay. Guess that works. Yeah, and you know what? I feel like that could have used a bit more, <clears throat> like, exposition than, like, uh, Alice's, uh, like, ten-page inner monologue about, like, deciding what outfit to wear when she went to go get these hotel rooms, you know? Like, she's like, I wore a baggy sweatshirt and a loose-fitting watch, and it was really trendy. And I was like, dude, this doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not pushing you forward in any way. And also just her parents completely believe she fell down two flights of stairs and through a window. Um, yeah, that's actually, that's funny that you say that because I, I don't know why they're so, um, like, I know she's a clumsy person, but there is a line that Renee says where she says, oh, honey, you fell out a whole, like, you fell out a window and you fell down two stories. Be more careful when you walk. Like, like, all right, we'll do. And see, for me, it's very um, alarming because both Renee and Charlie don't like Edward. Like, something about him intimidates them, and yet they're just so chill about accepting that she fell down two flights of stairs. And Edward just happens to be there, too, with his entire family. Yeah, and he really does have that, like, inner thought process of, like, oh, gee, I hope they don't think I pushed her. And I'm just like, why don't, why, why don't they think that? Nobody really has that thought. And nowadays, it would be the first thing that we would kind of think yeah. of. Yeah, <laughs> this. so outlandish. Yeah. Twilight 
especially from Edward's perspective, does not hold up in the hashtag MeToo era. No, it, it really doesn't. It's like taking a couple steps back from that, honestly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not like reading in our heads in 7th and 8th grade when we thought Edward was super romantic. It's like watching an episode of You now. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That's a really good comparison because it's it's a constant inner monologue of this man and in you it's uh what I forget his name, Joe, and it's just literally his thoughts and that's what we're reading and just him watching women not being able to read their thoughts being obsessed with like owning them i wonder if the author of you was uh inspired by twilight at all you should do some research (laughs) sam on that and see what you find any connections um especially now that midnight sun has been out for maybe a couple months because it came out in like the summer right like june it came out in august we started reading it not too long after it came out yeah, we bought we bought it like pretty soon after that. I remember we bought it maybe at the end of August at the beginning of September. Yeah, I think we I from a paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I pre-ordered it and then we waited for you. Yep, we waited for me, but then we started. Well, well guys, it goes to show we were trying to read it pretty hastily and now it's like November fucking double digits over here and we we just finished it. Mhm. <laughs> so, if you want to you know, take on this undertaking. <laughs> um, absolutely, but make sure you give yourself time and don't be like me and join like two book clubs like in the middle of it all. Yeah, like, don't join two book clubs. <laughs> I'm sorry because my mom invited me to like her book club with her friends and I was like, yeah, that sounds really fun. And then like maybe a week later, my one college friend, he invited me to his book club where they read nonfiction. I was like, that sounds fun too. I can juggle that, that and Midnight Sun. And it, it was like being part of three book clubs essentially because you kind of have these small deadlines you're meeting with like the chapters. Um, But now that... uh. We're done with Midnight Sun. Maybe I can like juggle in, you know, like some pleasure reading. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. My next book that I've already started is Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. Um, I heard of that book, Sam. Is that new? Yeah, it came out like this month or last month or. Yeah. Fairly recently. I, I just looked at the cover of that book, I think. Yeah, this is like a New York Times, it was on the New York Times list and stuff like that. Frederick Bachman gets a lot of hype, and I have read his novella, I think it's Every Morning the Way Home Gets Farther and Farther, which made me weep. Aw, yeah. Because it's about a, it's from the perspective of an elderly man who has Alzheimer's, and it's just how he's struggling to stay connected to the people in his life. I see. Really cool. Yeah, this is about... And of course, his most famous book is A Man Called Ove. I just haven't read that one yet. Yeah, I see that that's mentioned on the cover of this book. Real estate isn't... Okay. I'll read the synopsis after we're done recording. But anyway, um, one final thing, I guess, um, if we're going to go ahead and see if we can shorten 
the discussion is uh what did you think about the epilogue sam which was just going to prom oh my god edward is fucking insane and like mike newton just comes up to bella and edward immediately wants to just murder him and it's like calm down dude two pages ago you were concerned about bella not hanging out with her friends but now one of her friends tries to talk to her and your instinct is to murder him right oh god and then Jacob. Like, just uh, yeah. the amount of hate Edward has towards Mike Newton. Like, I feel like Stephanie's trying to make the audience relate to Edward because the audience apparently hated Mike Newton. But I never felt any way towards Mike Newton. He was just yeah. a guy. And by the sounds of things, he was probably the better choice for Bella because... They would have had a normal high school relationship, probably an awkward, like, losing the virginity situation. They break up before going to college, and then Bella finds the person she's supposed to spend the rest of her life with, not as a vampire. Right. Exactly. He was just, like, a high school boy. That's it. Or even better, that Tyler guy who thought he was going to prom with Bella. Wait, what the heck was that shit about? Nobody even mentioned anything about that why, why did that happen <laughs> like i said earlier stephanie myers is an overwriter and but she forgot to write more stuff about what the fuck was going on why did you show up Jeez, stephanie <laughs> like you said last episode her pacing is very not good where the first 400 pages take place <laughs> over the span of probably two months and then the last half takes place over the course of a fucking weekend yeah a fucking like like a day and a half (laughs) because i'm not counting the time when bella's sleeping that doesn't fucking count because it's just edward thinking things and like doing whatever he does and like hunting deer stuff like that so anyway uh yeah i'm bringing that up because uh in the book at the end it's a little different from the movie because um, uh, fucking Jacob goes to the dance and they, they have a dance and they have a little conversation. And I feel like that's actually, I liked that a little better actually mm-hmm. um, than in the movie where Jacob just kind of shows up and Bella's sitting on the bench and then they kind of have this weird, awkward discussion. And then he just kind of goes back into the woods. You know, um, and uh, so I, I kind of did like that a little bit more. And it does kind of, like, um, enhance their relationship. Although we, like, don't have Bella talk about Jacob, like, ever to Edward in the book. Um, yeah. But I would be interested in seeing if she did another book like this, like New Moon or something. And, and seeing, like, what Edward is doing away from her. And then when he gets back to her, having, like, Jacob's thoughts be more prominent. Stuff like that. Because I actually like, like, the Jacob thought dialogue and stuff like that. Um, because it's such a good break from Edward's thoughts. Mm-hmm. Other than that, man, like, that's, that's all I have to say. It just kind of ended, and then it was over... And um, I, I like read the her ending like thank yous and stuff, and she did say like you know thank you to everybody who's been who's been waiting for this book, and I was like I really was waiting for this book, like I'm I'm glad we read it, uh, but it really oh yeah is is a chore, you know like, I'm like, yeah 
I had zero interest reading Life and Death because that was pretty much a word for word gender swapped retelling of Twilight. Like there there there's no denying it. She just did a find all and yeah. replaced replaced all the he's with she's and replaced she's with he's nice. and gave Rosalie a man bun. Nice. But I don't I don't regret reading it. It's we've waited for it since middle school. Yeah, I'm glad we, we we can say we have read it and we've analyzed it too. Yeah. Um, and now so that's more than most people can say. <laughs> and now it goes in my closet because we got more shelves and the books I don't want displayed after reading them will go in the closet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it would just nice. look stupid because I don't have any of the other Twilight books, so Yeah, I would def that's that's partially why I got it on ebook mm-hmm. because I didn't want to display it without the companion novels yeah. because it they would look so nice next to each other, but I would just have the one glaring black thing with the red Oh, you know what? I do have one last thing to say. I just reminded myself of this, and you probably feel the exact same way once I say it. Um, uh, before Sam and I read this, we dissected the cover art, actually, of uh, the pomegranate and the seeds and the juice. And we were like, wow, this is like really cool. And it's he- it's holding all this really symbolic meaning of like Persephone holding the fucking uh, fruit and loving hate, whatever the hell it is. Uh, um, It is. Yeah, go ahead and um, summarize that real quick for the listeners. I believe in uh, Greek mythology, the kidnapping of Persephone, um, in order for her to live six months in the underworld and six months on the earth, she eats pomegranates, and that's why we have spring. Or... Uh, Hades gave her a pomegranate and that's how he kidnapped her. I don't, it's one of those two. Either way, it's the kidnapping of Persephone. Excellent. Yeah. So we got that and then we're like, wow, this is like really symbolic. And then I'm, I'm almost positive that Stephanie fucking talks about this goddamn pomegranate like 50 fucking times. Yeah, over and you and know over. what? I don't re- It's been 10 years since I've read Twilight. I don't remember the apple being brought up that much. I that's that's exactly what I'm saying. That's what I am saying right now. Like he keeps fucking saying he's like, "Oh, I feel like Hades and she's Persephone just just holding the the pomegranate seeds and eating the pomegranate." And he says this at least once every chapter or twice. And I'm like, you don't need to keep, like, keep it up, man. Like, I got it. I got it, man. <laughs> and that really irked me. But you know what? That's it. That's all that I just That I'm just goes I'm back to Stephanie Myers being an overwriter. Um, yeah, just stop repeating yourself, dude. I didn't forget. <laughs> the same book. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. And... I will continue to say that honestly, both Twilight and Midnight Sun could have been a dual perspective novel instead of two separate novels, or this this 700 page Edward POV novel could have been a collection of like seven short novellas from the perspectives of the other characters where we get their backstories. Because I still want my goddamn Carlisle Cullen 1600s vegetarian vampire story. That's what I would really like to. And you know what? Um, going off of that, 
we actually get a little bit of insight to Alice and where she's from. Yes. Uh, whenever, like, James randomly brings up how he remembered that she was kind of, like, locked away in an insane asylum or some shit in the complete darkness. Yeah, that was really it's random, like, but I do remember it. Yeah, it was actually really random because I don't remember that being brought up at all in Twilight, the novel, or the movie. Mm -mm. Okay? And so, uh, like, that would be super fucking cool to read a book about that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Who the fuck was her maker? Like, we don't know. But, like, why does James know who she is? Was it him? That would be so cool if James was Alice's maker. Yeah. Because that would actually make James a little more important to the series. It he's would. he's important in the sense that it triggers Victoria to hunt Bella for two novels. Yeah. But Victoria was kind of a letdown for me in this yeah. book. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's she was kind of a pussy. She was and I was about to like use the same words to describe her. Um because she just kind of like doesn't want to do anything herself and she makes this like boy create this army of vampires in like Seattle to yeah. fucking take care of business. She's like, yep, I'm just gonna fucking chill. Uh oh, I have to fight Edward. Oops, I'm dead. It's kind of yeah. like that. Victoria's um, a letdown all the time. Uh, yeah. In the first movie, she's like a real badass and she's kind of cool to have this female vampire who's like a bad, badass, you know, but um, she just is literally like a cowardly character. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sucks. And I'm like, great. <laughs> like, Laurent um, is better. <laughs> uh, I would just like to rub it in a little bit. His eyes met mine in the mirror. The answer was there along, and I was so afraid Edward would see that and ruin my fun. It happened once, oh, ages ago. The one and only time my prey escaped me. Alice had shown me the way to make the tracker lose interest. He didn't realize that I'd rejected the idea. He would never understand. He would. Eh, he would never have understood why. He began another monologue, and though I realized that his need to gloat was the reason Bella survived long enough for us to get there, I was still grinding my teeth in frustration until the words "little friend" and I realized this was something more. This was what Bella try- had tried to tell us. Alice, the video. He knew you, Alice. He knew where you came from. She didn't even seem to notice the pain, poor little creature, the tracker was explaining. She'd been stuck in that black hole of a cell for so long, a hundred years earlier, and she would have been burned at the stake for her visions. In the 1920s, it was the asylum and the shock treatments. When she opened her eyes, strong with fresh, her fresh youth, it was like she'd never seen the sun before. The old vampire made her a strong new vampire, and there was no reason for me to touch her then. I destroyed the old one in vengeance. So, you know, that would be a cool story. That's really cool because she was, like, mistaken for a witch and then she was turned into a vampire. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. Once again, everybody in Twilight is cooler than Edward and Bella. Yeah. And I think that's... I think that's... (laughs) That's it. (laughs) All we need to say about this one. (laughs) That's all... And that's all I have to say about that, dude. Nothing else. It was, I'm, I'm glad it's done with. That's what I have to say. Um, so, yeah. 
Yeah, can't wait to get back into, you know, just watching some movies, taking some time off away from the page. Oh, yeah. I I want to watch movies. I'm sure there's so many new movies on Netflix for us to oh, I, delve into. I just, yeah, I just, when I go, when I went to the our Google Drive and I, I took a look at the, uh, the master sheet, I'm like, oh, damn, it's been months since I even opened this master sheet. I wonder how much updates there are. Probably not that much, but still, it's been a long time since I even looked at that. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, shit, Knock Knock is on. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Sam. What the heck? I I remember hearing so much about this movie. Um, like, have you seen it? I have. I've seen it a couple times. Really? And it's very terrible. Should I watch it? <laughs> you should watch it. Uh, it's Eli Roth, and I am shocked Keanu Reeves has a career after this movie. Eli Roth, like, directed this movie? Oh, great. Yeah. Of course. It's only about one of two things, and I think I, I read the synopsis, so I recall what it is about. I'll have, yeah, I'll watch it just to watch it to see what it is about. <laughs> but Keanu yeah. Reeves, he's up for anything, that one. As long as he's having a good time. Yep, he's just a pure treasure. Oh, yes. But anyway, shall I read the outro notes? Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up, and then when we're done, we can talk about next time. <laughs> All right. So Real Horror Show was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. Today we learned that um, uh, it's just a bit of a chore to read Midnight Sun, but mm-hmm. we're glad we did it. Okay, we're, we're glad. Um, you know, other than that, like what you hear, you can find Real Horror Show on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play Store, Stitcher, and iTunes. Really, really like what you hear. Follow us on Twitter at Horror Show Pod or search for Real Horror Show on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Real Horror Show. Like our page and share our stuff. We also have a website that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found, realhorrorshow.com. We haven't written a review or an essay in a little while, um, but there are tons of awesome essays and movie reviews that can be found on our website, so go check them out. They're all doozies. Want to interact with us? Want to make sure we're real humans, not space vampires? Comment on our website or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. Want to argue with us about something? Or think you have a really great horror movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers from the internet? Submissions are open for movie reviews. Check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. If it's not done according to the rubric, it will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. Submissions are open for our yearly anthology called the October Monologues. Check out the submission guidelines on our website and send us your creepy shit. We love horror, and if you're listening, you do too. Please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website, where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. We also have an Amazon wishlist. If you feel like buying us something tangible will help convey your love more than monetary donation would. Also, buy us a coffee is a button you can click that will pay us the amount you would need to buy a coffee. A little bit goes a long way. Sometimes we can't help out artists monetarily, and that's okay. By simply liking, sharing, retweeting, and even giving us an awesome review will help us out tremendously. 
Is there any other pertinent news, Sam? I don't think so. You know what? Me neither. I think we're all good over here. Thank you um, all for enduring this journey with us. Yeah, I think it's a good time to kind of take a pause and thank you guys for keeping up with this. I know it was a little bit of a different type of a thing, but we still had fun doing it. Complaints and all. Yeah. Yeah. Our outro song is called Creepy Doll by Jonathan Colton. Thank you, fuck off, and have a swell evening. And this is Real Horror Show signing off. <laughs>